What's going on, guys? So in this episode, I'm going to talk about just uh, something I think is relevant right now, which is the should you play your starters if you've already clinched or you can't improve your playoff seating, or should you rest them? So for me, it's sort of a um, one of those things where it kind of depends, right? Like last year, we saw the Ravens bench their starters in week 17. They, they ultimately lost that game, or maybe they won. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Point is, their starters didn't really play. And they went into the playoffs with a bye week and then not playing for basically almost what would be three weeks, right? Because they they had the week 17 where the starters didn't play, the bye week in the wild card round, and then divisional round. So that's like it was going on three weeks with them not playing, right? So I think in that particular scenario, especially with a team that had a tremendous amount of momentum behind them, I don't like that. You know what I mean? I, I don't like stalling out your momentum and and almost sitting for 20 days you know what I mean and then and then going in there and trying to compete with a team like Tennessee that oh by the way had basically been in playoff mode for several weeks at that point you know and come and so like the difference in momentum between the two teams by the time that game actually kicks off is a totally different animal than what it would have been had they played in let's just say week 17 starters versus starters right that would have been a I think we all agree last year's Ravens if you guys don't remember they were awesome and they had a ton of momentum a ton of confidence they were not gonna lose that game in my opinion to the Titans but now after the Titans have built up this crazy amount of confidence because Derrick Henry's running for 200 yards felt like every week and uh they they had basically been already activated in playoff mode that's a tough ask you know so I think that Number one scenario I'm going to rule out basically is when you have a team that is going to have multiple weeks off, then I'd I'd consider not benching your starters, right? So that'd be one one area. Also, if your momentum is so phenomenal that like, especially so if you have that kind of momentum combined with the multiple weeks off, to me, that's a that's a no, no, right? So last year we saw the Buffalo Bills. They benched their starters in week 17. I think Josh Allen came out, played a series, and then they pretty much went with their backups against the Jets. They ultimately lost that game, but they performed well in the wild card round. Now, here's why I think that's relevant. That's not giving your starters multiple weeks off, right? So that means you got a, you got a team that's hot, a quarterback that's hot. You're playing well. You made the playoffs. You don't have to play week 17. Okay, so we throw our starters out there for a series. We bench them, and then we go out and we prepare for weeks uh, for the wild card round, which was a road game in Houston, uh, which they ultimately lost. But they, I would say, they played pretty damn well. So in that case, it makes a lot of sense to, you know, you get your starters one series out there. That means their routine, at least the initial part of it, right, stays the same. Like you have a game plan all week, and then you go out there and you play one series against the Jets. Um, so your your routine is intact still. It's it sounds silly, but that's totally different than than a you know what we'll probably see Ben Roethlisberger doing this week, where or even Patrick Mahomes this week, where you're where you're not playing and you're not even in uniform, you're not even active, right? You're standing on the sidelines, and that's a totally different feeling because right now Patrick Mahomes is not preparing for this game. Right now Ben Roethlisberger is not preparing for this game. Okay. And when you go out there and and so you're just basically relaxing, right? It's totally different. And to me, 
depending on the situation, that could be a disruptive factor towards your momentum. So, um, <clears throat> so I guess one of the basic things I'm starting to get at is you need to weigh momentum versus injury risk. So now let me talk about the Steelers for this year. The Steelers obviously are starting Mason Rudolph, no Ben Roethlisberger this week. And, and pretty much I think that tells us that they're not really going to be playing a ton of starters. And for them, I'm going to go case by case here because I think it is a case by case thing. So for Pittsburgh, they don't have a chance at the one seed, right? So they're obviously that's if they did, they'd be playing their starters. But they basically, you know, they know they're in. They know they are, I believe, the three seed, pretty much going to be the three seed regardless. Um, and I'm not sure if they can be the two seed. Either way, doesn't matter a whole bunch because I think they know AFC Championship game will be played in Kansas City um, <clears throat> if the Chiefs make it. So anyways, Pittsburgh is a veteran team, right, for the most part. I mean, they've got some good young players as well, but they're a veteran team. they got Ben Roethlisberger. He, in my opinion, might do better with that rest, right? I think it means more to him than it does for some other guys, right? So I think they're not going to be having a bye week in the wild card round, so it will be one week's rest. So in this particular they don't have a ton of momentum even though they had a very nice comeback win last week because they lost a few games in a row so for them this could almost propel them into a state of momentum if they're able to come out ready to play in the wild card round which when you have a coach like Mike Tomlin a guy that is probably um you know, you can say what you want about what you think about his uh, X's and O's and kind of how he stacks up against a guy like Andy Reid in that regard. But I don't think anyone would argue that when it comes to getting your team ready to play, getting them motivated, per se, Mike Tomlin is that guy. Right. So for me in Pittsburgh, I think it makes a ton of sense. Get your get your old quarterback some rest. Right. Um, let's let's go into the playoffs with. Uh, the last the last regular season game, you know, that mattered being a comeback win at home against the Colts. Right now, you're you're st- you're uh, you get one week's rest and then you're back up ready for the playoffs the following week. So for me, if I'm Mike Tomlin, I like that. I like the idea of resting my starter. So that's that's for me with Pittsburgh. I'm totally cool with that for the Bills. Here's where I feel a little differently. Right. They play the Miami Dolphins. Right. If they beat Miami. I believe Miami's out of the playoffs. Okay, so number one, and this may not matter to the overall team success, right? But I think you need to play Josh Allen just to let him have a chance at that MVP. You know what I mean? I think that that's a that's not an award where you just say like, oh, I don't care. You know, that's a serious award, right? And and if you bench him, he essentially has no chance at the MVP. Now, do you balance that with risk of injury? Right. You don't you don't want to say like, well, we, I mean, how how devastating would it be if Sean McDermott sent him out there and he got hurt? And the main reason he was out there is to win the MVP. Right. It's like, oh, that would be devastating. Right. Bill's mafia. Oh, my God. But on the other hand, when we looked at let's just take a look at this. Sean McDermott was the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers back in 2015 when they went to the Super Bowl. And in that season, the Panthers had clinched the one seed um I believe it was after week 17 even though they were undefeated like only had one loss at that point um because the Cardinals were really good that year and I think it was actually a down to the wire race believe it or not but in week 17 Carolina came out and they played their starters 
Cam Newton played and he balled out and everything went fine, except for, I believe it was Charles Tillman tore his ACL in that, in that finale. So that could be fresh on Sean's mind. But again, the Panthers had an up. They could have rested. They could have. But if they did, they would have had week 17 off and then they would have had the wild card week off and then they would have played the divisional round. So they would have been just like what the Ravens had last year. The Panthers and Sean McDermott was on that staff, which is why I think this is relevant. They played their starters and they, um, you know, had the bye week in the wild card round and then they came out. And if you guys don't remember, they had a, I believe it was a 31 to zero lead on Seattle at halftime in the divisional round. So, you know, one could argue that that momentum was a leading factor in that. And, and at that point, even though Carolina lost, I believe it was week 15 to uh, Atlanta to end their unbeaten season. They still had, I would say, a ton of momentum because after that loss to Atlanta, they came out and basically blew out the uh, last two opponents they placed. One of them, one of them, I think in week 17 was the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston and the Bucs. So, so in that case, um, playing your starters, I think, helped them, right? So the other hand of that is Sean McDermott's team, going back to him real quick, is not going to have a bye week, right? Remember, the NFL now... Only one team has a buy. So only the one seed has buys. So the Bills, obviously, the Chiefs have already clinched the one seed. So in that case, the uh, there will be no bye week for Buffalo or anyone else in the AFC except for Kansas City. So now let's move to the Chiefs, right? You're the Chiefs. You know that Andy Reid's record after a bye is 18-2 and two in the regular season and 5-2 and two in the playoffs. So... Obviously, we're not worried about Andy Reid after a bye week. However, this goes back into the whole idea that you're not going to have one bye week. You're going to have two. So it will be 20 days before you played a game. Now, do the Chiefs have a ton of momentum right now? No, they don't. Because, in my opinion at least, even though they've clinched the one seed and they won last week's game, I think they've had a bunch of performances in a row where it's been like, eh, like, to me, in my opinion, as well as Patrick Mahomes is playing, up until the la- I mean, uh, up until the game against the Saints, he's had two below average, by his standards, performances in a row, right? He's played in New Orleans. He was, like, completed, like, I think 50% or even less than 50% of his passes in that game um, through an interception, I think, and, and, had, and was sacked, like, four times. So then he comes against Atlanta, only scores 17 points, and they were losing for the majority of that game. Obviously, he threw the game-winning touchdown, but to me, this Chiefs team is kind of backpedaling into the playoffs. Okay, and I, and I say that with all due respect, knowing they're fourteen and one, I get it. But nonetheless, it's not been you know some glorious backpedal into the playoffs. Let me remind you what the Chiefs twenty nineteen team did heading into the playoffs. They over their final six games in the regular season, they won. They beat Oakland forty to nine. They beat at New England 23-16 versus Denver 23-3 versus uh, at Chicago 26-3 and then 31-21 against the Chargers. So they completely dominated everyone down the stretch heading into the playoffs. And then they had, so they obviously, they had to play their stars in week 17, but they did so and they beat the Chargers. Chargers are actually the team that gave them the most trouble. Um, so Kansas City went into those playoffs last year riding a ridiculous high of momentum. I mean, 
let's just see the defense allowed nine points, 16 points, three points, three points, 21 points. So no one scored more than 21 and no, only one team scored more than 20. So, or scored 20 or more. So that's insane. Actually only one team scored more than 16. So my goodness, that defense was riding a serious high. The defense this year um, isn't not, is not riding the same kind of high, but they're not also, they're not bad, right? They, they've actually been better. They, they went through a little bit of a lull in the middle of the season when they kind of finished a little strong here. I mean, they held Atlanta to 14 points last week. So that's obviously a, an accomplishment in and of itself. But to me, I think what I would do if I were Andy Reid here is I would, at the bare minimum, I would play Patrick Mahomes. And I know he's already announced he's resting them. I get that. I'm just telling you what I would do. I would play Patrick Mahomes. I would play him in the starters and I would do it for at least a series, but preferably I would do it for a half and then one series in the second half. The reason I would do that is because that keeps them in their complete routine for one more week, right? So now you only have one week off, but you also, you rest them for what's probably going to amount to somewhere between 25 to 40 plays in the second half because you're only playing in one series. And it doesn't even matter if you go out and, and just throw a, a wide receiver screen at the, I think it's important the uh, to play that one series in the second half because it keeps them in the routine when they come out from halftime, right? Now they go back out in the field, play one series, throw a wide receiver screen just so Patrick attempts a pass, and then run the ball three times until you punt, whatever. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be like you run your full offense and you you show, you know, X, Y, and Z. You just go out there and let them play a snap, you know, let them play a couple snaps, throw a pass, punt the ball, now Pat's out. Right. You can make sure, essentially, that you, that you don't get hurt. I mean, with the way you call that game, I think that it matters um, just in the sense of keeping that routine. And you don't want to go into the playoffs when you're not playing well and then have 20 days off, roughly 19 to 20 days off. Right. Depending on how, where they schedule their first game um, in terms of whether it's a Saturday or a Sunday. But the point is, that's a lot of days off for a team that's, in my opinion, sort of backpedaling into the playoffs, right? Even though they aren't, they're on a serious win streak, I think that we can all agree that Kansas City has not really been playing their quote-unquote best ball. One second, guys. All right, had to take a sip of water, my bad. All right, so when we look at that, for me personally, that's what I would do with the Chiefs now. Who am I to second-guess Andy Reid? Uh, like I said, 18-3 and three after a bye week and then 5-2 and two after a bye in the playoffs. But I'd like to know... How about two weeks off? Like, how does he play in that scenario? Has he ever even done that? Because what we saw last year was the Ravens did that, and it did not end well for them. So that's just my take on that. And uh, But however, on the other hand, we've got last year's Saints to look at. They won their final three regular season games in, the, in their final six of seven, only to take an L in the wild card round. So it's not like this is the end-all, be-all. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying that it is, but... Of course, we could see Kansas City come out completely well-rested and absolutely dismantle whoever their divisional round opponent is. I get that. And and it wouldn't shock me at all. But, um, you know, that's just my take on it. Uh, also worth noting, Bill Cower, he said he'd rest him, no question about it. He said he's resting his guys. Like, you know, every time, obviously, we saw Tony Dungy do that. And uh, a few, I mean, several years ago with Peyton Manning and the undefeated Colts. And I believe they had a divisional round exit in the playoffs. So uh, we also know that uh, Bill Belichick typically doesn't rest his guys. John Madden, he specifically was the one that told Ron Rivera, don't rest your guys. Keep that momentum going. So 
It really depends on a variety of factors. But for me, the number one thing that I'm against, I guess, is resting your guys when they're going to have the divisional round. I mean, the uh, wild card round off. So that would be going on three weeks that they haven't played. I don't like that right now. Um, you know, it could be a positive, especially for a team like Kansas City. This is where I, this is where I would be open minded to it. Right. If, if you're Kansas City that I keep saying they're not playing their you know, necessarily their best football. And for me, that makes sense. Resting the guys because they're not playing their best football sort of to like kind of have a fresh, clean slate in the playoffs. I think that's where it makes sense. Right. Whereas last year's Ravens were playing phenomenally well and then had going on three weeks off and came out sluggish, right? So that's where, to me, and it also, it's like the coaches came out sluggish in that game because the coaches essentially took a week, you know, took those weeks off as well in terms of the play callers, right? So if you guys remember that Ravens game, we saw, um, I think it was nine running back runs in the entire game. And that was a game that was a one possession game, like at the beginning of the fourth quarter, if I recall correctly. So um, you could you could make the argument that the coaching staff came out and kind of a disrupted rhythm and that sort of led to the weird way that they called plays. I mean, we've seen Bill Belichick guys. If you want to talk about what the greatest of all time does, we've seen Bill Belichick not rest his starters. I mean, if he does, it's like they play the first half, but mainly we've seen him not rest his starter. We've seen Bill Belichick play Tom Brady in like the fourth preseason game. And we've seen him play uh, as a Panther fan. I can tell you that I've seen Bill Belichick play Tom Brady in multiple quarters two three quarters two and a half quarters against the Panthers in the third preseason game because they used to always play each other in that third preseason game so we've seen that we've seen Ron Rivera also do that we've seen other coaches just not play their guys in the preseason at all so it, it really depends on kind of you know just your preference but I think that it it uh to me that third week thing is the is the one that concerns me but I think that where I'm open-minded to it, like I said, is when you're when you're not playing necessarily your best ball, then you take those three weeks off. It could serve as a reset, refresh button sort of thing um, for the playoffs. So, um, so yeah, for if I'm the Bills, I'm starting Josh Allen. Um, I'm starting Josh Allen because I want to beat the Dolphins. Right? I want to end that. I want to potentially end their season because I think there's a scenario in which the Miami Dolphins could play you again in the wild card round, and to me, that is where it would be a little bit weird to lose to them in week 17 and then have to play them again. Like to me, the, just the psyche behind that is a little interesting, right? I'm not, I'm not quite sure I would want to lose to them and then have my starters out there. You know, even though you don't have your starters, obviously um, in we, in this week 17 game, potentially, I, I don't, I don't think I'd want to lose to them and then play them again in the wild card round. Um, if you're the Packers, you have to start. You have to play your starters because you're still you're still playing for that one seed. I believe the Seattle Seahawks have a have an opportunity for that one seed. Let me check here. Yeah, so if Seattle wins and Green Bay loses, Seattle plays the 49ers, by the way. So it's not an easy game for them. But if Seattle wins and the Packers lose, then I believe Seattle would be the number one seed. So um, obviously Green Bay, and I think that this is the kind of scenarios where it usually, if I'm just you know, off of my eye test here, where it usually works out well for these type of teams where you have to, like the decision is made for you, you have to play your starters and you keep that momentum because what we've seen from Green Bay, although they, they kind of were sluggish in that second half against Carolina two weeks ago, we've seen them sort of 
trending upward, right? They came out and looked like they were going to just completely dismantle the Panthers in that game because they got off to that, I think it was 21 to three lead and they were just red hot, right? Um, and their defense, to me, the Packers are dangerous. Just on a side note, because their defense is hot, their offense is hot, their quarterback is hot, their run game is hot. I mean, they're, they're really clicking on literally all cylinders right now. They can cover, they can rush. Um, they, to me, are... It's it's sort of working out really well that they have to play their starters because I think that they are playing very well. Now, the best part about this for them is the Chicago bit. And that, in my opinion, the best part, some might say it's the worst part. But for them, they are playing the Chicago Bears who are red hot right now. Right. Like Trubisky has led them to 30 plus points, I believe, in four straight games. And um, he's I mean, they're they're like on fire. So. The Bears are playing for their playoff lives. The Bears have to win. And I think they have a golden opportunity to make the playoffs because the Rams are going to be without Jared Goff and Cooper Cup in this game, right? I think the Cardinals are also going to be without Kyler Murray potentially, but I think he's actually going to play. Never mind. Point is, the Bears win, the, the Rams lose, and the Bears are in. So the Packers are going to get the absolute best effort by the Chicago Bears. Now, I also think that if, if let's say Green Bay comes out, they play relatively well and they lose to Chicago. I don't think that's all that bad for them. You know, obviously, if it costs them the one seed, that would be a little bit devastating. But I think that if they lose to Chicago, you know, and they come out and, and uh, especially if they lose to Chicago and get a bye, if that scenario happens, I think that that's actually good for Green Bay in a weird way because that gets them to the point where they come out and they're a little bit angry in that divisional round, right? I think that works out well. But I think if they come out and lose and then lose the one seed, I think that's a little bit dangerous from the standpoint that now you've got, uh, you know, more. you just, I don't know, for some reason to me, that seems a little bit more more risky. So um, I'll, another matchup, I just want to talk about a couple of week 17 matchups I'm, I'm interested in is the uh, the... So the Cleveland Browns this season, I have praised them a lot for, you know, beating teams that you are, quote unquote, supposed to beat. Right. And that's what they've done for the majority of the season up until last week. But last week, you could make the argument that, you know, the Jets were uh, I mean, the uh, Browns were without their entire starting or active receiving core. And they had to revert to a bunch of those kind of practice squad guys and tight ends playing receiver and things like that. But I also would argue that they should have ran the damn ball more. But hey, who am I? Um, point is, and I understand they weren't running it effectively, but point is, can Cleveland, when it matters most, can they beat a team that they're clearly supposed to beat because Pittsburgh is doing them a favor and they're not playing their starting quarterback? Which to me is kind of kind of badass because of the history that Mason Rudolph and the Browns have. I think that's Mike Tomlin's way of just kind of like, screw you guys i'm gonna beat you with mason rudolph and end your playoff I, like so i expect the steelers to come out ready to play in that game by the way but i also think that obviously i think everyone would agree with this the browns are supposed to win this game right the cleveland browns with their receivers back i believe and baker mayfield and you know their starters playing they should beat the pittsburgh steelers with mason rudolph at the helm they should right so um if they do i think that serves as just reinforcement that the cleveland browns are, you know, they have graduated to the quote-unquote good team, legit playoff team status, and I think that's very important heading into the playoffs. If they lose this game to Pittsburgh, it will be devastating because I 
in all likelihood, they won't make the playoffs if they lose. And um, it would just be like, could you imagine, right? Like, I mean, Twitter and everybody's going to say like, oh, back to your, you know, basic Cleveland Browns. And it just would be, to me, a devastating loss, even potentially moving forward into 2021. I think that is one of those momentum killing, culture killing losses. So the if you're the Browns, you absolutely cannot lose this game for many more reasons than just a playoff berth this year. If you are, another one that interests me is the, the Baltimore Ravens against the Cincinnati Bengals, right? The Bengals, this is their Super Bowl, okay? The Ravens are a team that, like Cleveland, for most of the year, Cleveland, they don't lose games that they're supposed to win. You know, their losses have come against teams like the Titans, the Patriots, who, by the way, are, are no slouch. I know that they haven't looked good lately, but they're a team that they can beat anybody at any moment with Bill Belichick and those guys and that the way that defense was playing for parts of the year in the run game. But, you know, the Chiefs, like they don't lose, the, the Ravens don't lose the teams that they're supposed to beat. They don't, we saw that last week with the Giants. It was never in doubt, right? And that's, and the Jaguars the week before that, they don't, they just don't put themselves in that position because they're a, they have a very strong culture and they have just a, a great coach and, and a ton of talent really, you know, and, and they're just, they get consistency um, consistently, but we've seen consistency consistently. I just said that. Yes. But we have also seen now for two weeks in a row, the Cincinnati Bengals are trending up. The Cincinnati Bengals are playing with a little bit of confidence right now, you know, for a three win team or a four win team, excuse me, to be playing, with confidence. I mean, their quarterback, Brandon Allen, threw for 377 last week. They won in Houston the week before that. On prime time, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. I promise you Cincinnati has confidence. So, And I promise you that they're going to be going into this game thinking, hey, this is our Super Bowl. You know, if we win this game, if we beat the Ravens, potentially knock the Ravens out of the playoffs, we are going to go into those playoffs. I mean, we're going to go into 2021, excuse me, with a ton of confidence, right? We're going to, like, Zach Taylor's going to be feeling like, wow, my offense has arrived. You know, I, that was without Joe Burrow. Could you imagine the amount of hype that will be going into the Cincinnati Bengals 2021 season? We're getting Joe Burrow back. We added X, Y, and Z in free agency in the draft. You know, we are a legit team. They're going to be talking about that in every press conference they do heading into 2021 that we, when, like, finished 2020 3-0, and that was without Burrow, and that was against the Ravens, the Steelers, and Deshaun Watson. And, you know, like that's kind of, to me, something that is that that is a culture, a big-time culture-building, uh, you know, win in, in many ways. So you can bet your bottom dollar Cincinnati is going to come out at least with the intention on playing. And it's in Cincinnati where they are going to have some fans. You know, that that's – I think that's pretty exciting stuff, right? I think that that is uh, something to look at. You know, obviously – if I'm betting on them taking the Ravens, no doubt about it, because the Ravens control their own destiny. They win, they're in. But to me, it's sort of a big game, you know, in a weird way. Another one I'm looking forward to a lot is the uh, where is it the uh, Washington football team and the Eagles. I mean, how could you not be looking forward to this one, right? Jalen Hurts and the Eagles are trying to, you know, really establish that culture and hammer it into 2021. Jalen Hurts is basically playing for, to me, uh, very hard consideration, if nothing else, for the 2021 starting quarterback spot and potentially the decision of what to do with Carson Wentz. I just heard Mike Tannenbaum yesterday say that he thinks that the Eagles could trade Carson Wentz, assuming Wentz is willing to write a $20 million check back to Philly. He thinks that they, I guess there's something in the, in the contract that says that if he's willing to give 
basically give Philadelphia $20 million in basically an under-the-table type of agreement that his new team will reimburse him for that $20 million in signing bonus, then he thinks the Eagles could get at least two second-round picks. One is a guaranteed second-rounder, and then the other as a conditional second, meaning that if, uh, if the trading team was to make the playoffs – then Philly would then get another second round pick the following year. So um, that's more than I think he could get uh, or they could get for him. Because to me, I'm all about just supplying. I mean, I'm sorry, the, uh, just the value, current value, right? Market value. The guy was benched and not playing well. Granted, we've seen far more good play from Carson Wentz than we've seen bad play. But all the excuses almost went out the window when you see Jalen Hurts come in and with those basically, you know, I know Deshaun Jackson came back this week and everything, but you saw Jalen Hurts come in with the same weapons and perform well, beat the New Orleans Saints, almost go to Arizona and beat a red-hot Kyler Murray in that game, at least. And then, um, you know, start last week's game against Dallas well. But more importantly, he still played in that game against Dallas pretty much better than what we've seen from Carson Wentz for the majority of the season. So, uh, that would that's an interesting game on many levels because Philly's playing for pride and yeah I don't think they can make the I don't think they can win the division at this point but they're playing for pride and they're playing for culture and momentum and they're playing to be a winning organization and for Washington if they win they're in if they win they win the division it's that plain and simple for them I believe so um, another one is the Dallas Cowboys and the Giants look that those two teams could potentially still win the NFC East. You know, and uh, as crazy as that sounds, that the Giants are five and ten. The Cowboys, who I believe at one point in this season were like three and nine, um, have an opportunity to win the division as well. So that to me is pretty crazy, and it should be it should be a really exciting game. I mean, could you imagine the Cowboys after being a three and nine team making the playoffs? And to be honest, if they do, I think they're. A home game in Dallas after like all hope was lost, but now the offense is playing at a, an extremely high level and they will be a, riding, I believe, a four game winning streak, winning five of six heading into the playoffs in a home game. And they would play Tom Brady. So, you know, they'd be up for that one. And by the way, just a little look ahead there. If that was to happen, Dallas, they've been defending the pass relatively well lately. What do the Buccaneers do? They pass. They don't really run. So Dallas is the second worst run defense in the NFL, but they've been defending the pass a lot, pretty well lately. So if Tampa goes in there as a one-dimensional, you know, pass-only team, I could totally see Dallas win that game. Like they match up relatively well with the Buccaneers. So uh, if you're Tampa, if you're a Tampa fan, in my opinion, you're rooting for Washington because I just think that even though that Washington defense is great, um, I think that that would be a much better matchup for you because I think your defense is going to make things awfully difficult for that Washington offense, right? So I think that in that game, I would definitely trust Tom Brady to outscore whoever the Washington quarterback would be in that one. And in the Dallas game, however, I think that's a it's a bit risky, you know, for, for Tampa. I would still think Tampa would probably win the game off the top of my head. But to me, that one is uh, definitely a much more dangerous matchup. I mean, you like that Dallas offense has legitimate talent. I mean, you got Zeke and Tony Pollard is a nice one-two punch, thunder and lightning combo in the backfield. And Zeke played really well last week, by the way. And then you've got 
Michael Gallup, who's finally playing well, or finally producing, I should say. And then you've got Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Andy Dalton's red hot, you know, a, a defense that's defending the pass pretty well. This Dallas team, uh, you know, is relatively dangerous. And then if you're the Giants, how do they match up with Tampa? Um, we have saw them almost beat Tampa, right? So, again, that's not a great matchup for Tampa, but I believe that this one would be a much um, – you know, not I don't want to say much easier, but I think Tampa would would be fine with them. I think the worst matchup they could want is uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Believe it or not, and uh, how crazy is this? this? Is such a cowboy like thing to do, but it's almost in reverse order, right? We almost see the Cowboys always get off to this like blazing hot start and then fall apart, right? That's what the Jason Garrett culture was. Well, Mike McCarthy, what he's doing, this is why a lot of people were like, "Oh, Dallas should lose out and get that draft pick." Well, what do you say now? Because I promise you this, it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more productive for your culture to win out and potentially get into the playoffs. And then potentially, could you imagine if you beat Tom Brady and then you're getting, hopefully, Dak Prescott back under contract and all next season? Could you imagine the kind of momentum that would the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy-led Dallas Cowboys, would be taking in 2021 if that was to happen? I mean, I think that that is something that I would much prefer than a draft pick 10, you know, 15 spots higher. I don't care. To me, I am much more interested in that as a fan and as someone that's just a fan of the idea and the in the philosophy behind team building in any way. You know, so I think that uh, for a football team, it's obviously a big deal. So um, another one I'm kind of interested in to see is that, look, the New York Jets have won two games in a row. If the Patriots start Cam Newton, which I believe they should and I believe they will, um, I think the Patriots should need to win this game to kind of just like we don't we don't want to see them go into the offseason on that kind of a note. You know, we want to see them like establish some like, oh, we're still the Patriots. We're still not we're not going to lose the Jets. Right. I think if you play Jarrett Stidham, I think I'm worried about them losing that game. Right. And if and if they do, I don't like the way that just feels for them heading into 2021. So that's another interesting game to me. And the Jets, like I said, have won two in a row. So, you know, uh, that's going to be a very interesting one. Another one I'm I'm also interested in seeing is can the Raiders salvage a, you know, you don't want to have a losing season after you were, you know, in the playoff mix, very much alive in the playoffs and in the playoffs for most of the season. I believe they were seven and three at one time. They're seven and eight now, you know, and they're playing against, a Denver team that is trying to establish its culture moving forward. Drew Locke needs a big performance. This is a huge game for Drew Locke. And if you remember the last time he played the Raiders, he threw four interceptions and they lost. They got blown out. And that might have been the Raiders' last victory, if I recall correctly. So um, that one is interesting to me because if you go into, uh, if you're the Raiders and you win this game, then you that means you can give the old Bill Parcells speech if you're John Gruden and say, hey, I know it didn't end well for us, but you can't call us losers, boys. We're 500. We're 8-8. Eight and eight. You know, we ain't winners yet, but we ain't losers. That's what Parcells said when he got his eighth win as the Dallas Cowboys head coach. Um, I don't know. I don't know how many years ago at this point. But um, so, yeah, that one is interesting to me. And then, of course, let's finish it up with the Arizona Cardinals visiting the Los Angeles Rams basically for a playoff spot, right? So when you look at this, um, the Cardinals, I believe Kyler Murray's playing. On the Rams side of things, Jared Goff and Cooper Cup are out. So for me, the Rams, 
I think this is actually a pretty big game for them in terms of not just the playoffs, of course, but the, the just culture, right? Um, I think that you don't want to be this team that we all were like, wow, you know, after they beat Tampa, I think everybody was kind of like, damn, maybe they are Super Bowl contenders. And you don't want to go from that to the team that lost to the Jets. This is how powerful momentum is, right? The Rams were riding a high. They were huge favorites in that game, going into that game against the Jets. You know, everything was kind of starting to look like it was going their way. Cam Akers was going off. And, you know, they blew out the Patriots on, on a primetime game. And then you get beat by the Jets. Boom. Now, all of a sudden, you, have, you were first place in your division. You were ahead of the Seahawks just two weeks ago. You lose to the Jets. And then you go into Seattle and you get pretty much handled. Jared Goff gets hurt. You get beat. Now you lose the division. Seattle clinches it. And then you go into this game against the Cardinals where you're fighting for your playoff lives. And oh, by the way, you lost your quarterback and your number one receiver, or at least number one A slash B receiver. You could lose this game and still make the playoffs. And to me, that's almost like a likely scenario, but that's almost like humiliatingly not what you want to happen because if you do that you will have lost three straight games and you'll be going to the playoffs most likely without your starting quarterback so it's a gross one it's one of those kind of like the Arizona Cardinals from I believe the 2014 season where they they got beat by the Panthers in the first round even though um because they lost Carson Palmer late in the season it would be something similar to that in my opinion but um and if you're the Arizona Cardinals you need to win this game because well you win, and I believe you're in the playoffs, I'm pretty sure, and you avoid a collapse sort of like what the Raiders have experienced this year, right, where you were the whole season, you're in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs, and then you kind of fall off a cliff, and you're out. And I think those kinds of, like when, when things happen in that manner, I think it's devastating for culture and for momentum moving forward, which... As I've stated many times, I believe is very real, even going into next seasons. And this kind of a collapse for Arizona would be devastating for the culture that they're building there with with Kyler Murray and just kind of the, the belief system that they're instilling into their players. That's that's a big part of culture. So anyways, guys, I wanted to talk about just some random things like that this uh, today in this episode. And I will try and get another one out, but I'm going to watch a bunch of film and I'm going to talk about the college guys either just some college guys that I'm watching right now, either later today or tomorrow at the latest. So I appreciate you listening. Give the podcast a review if, you, if you're listening on Apple and or give it a share if you're enjoying it. And I will talk to you guys later. Peace.